As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, this is Justin Richmond, host of the Broken Record Podcast. Join me along with co-host Leah Rose as we sit down with the artists you love to get unparalleled creative insight. You'll hear revealing interviews with some of the most legendary figures in music like Paul Simon, Usher, Pete Townsend, Damon Albarn of the Gorillaz, and Missy Elliott. And you'll hear from up-and-comers like jazz artist Leve, who told me about her fast rise to fame during the pandemic. Listen to Broken Record on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. Let me tell y'all first that yesterday I went behind the walls. But first, I got to thank you for your love and your support. Brings rage. You too. Wally's world. We doing something over here special. And somebody going to get this special book on Friday Swagaway. Make sure you're a Wally's World member and YouTube to be eligible. But y'all know how we start off every show with what's up with that dude. Well, told y'all I went behind the walls yesterday. Actually, I went back to where it all started. Went back home, went back to the hub, visited my cousin, my little cousin, Quee, for 4th of July. And I had all kind of emotions, you know, the nostalgic ones. You're reminiscing about everything. My grandma gone who started it all for us in the hub. Mama's gone. And I'm just sitting there with a bunch of family that I'm like, why don't we kick it more often than this? So I start thinking like, you know, them Tyler Perry B movies. Like, dog, where's my family reunion? When we gonna get all us together, including that one cousin that live out the country, right? I'm like, damn, we don't do enough together. I try and then I'm like, I don't try hard enough because I ain't getting it done. And so you always leave those parties hydrated, feeling great. Like, dog, we got to do this again. But it was crazy watching my little cousin, Quee, who, you know, when you're growing up, she only like two years younger than you, but it feel like 10 years because she's just chasing you around, looking for Twix and Cheetos. And now she in there tearing that kitchen up, three stoves deep, hooking up the links, the ribs, special sauce, everything. I was like, what the hell? Little Quee? Crazy, man. Love to her. Love to her husband, Clarence, who I love, but he's a... Cowboys fan and he won't let me live it down when we go to Chargers games I'm like I'm torn can't lean with him but that's my dog uh his son oh my god y'all think MJ big y'all think MJ got some skills his son is silly like silly like he bigger than MJ too and I think he younger than MJ too crazy Camille love the family auntie Cynthia respect basically all y'all out there message is get together with your family more often than holidays, more often than the 4th of July. Other than that, my daughter starts working for the foundation today, Project Transition. Today's her first day. Yeah, she already getting over on me. It's supposed to be July 1st, but she didn't get out here to July 3rd, really July 4th almost, 2 in the morning. So I'm like, God, Lee, when you gonna start? So finally she's starting today, and I'm throwing her in the deep end. Yep, we got a meeting with another organization, charity, big one, today. And I'm like, yep, you're going to get prepared on the drive over and it's time to go in the deep end. It kind of reminds me of the first day of training camp. And I used to always look at the schedule like, I hope we don't have one-on-one drills on the first day. Like, dog, I've been chilling all summer, working hard, doing my thing. Now the first day in front of the whole crowd, I got to go against our best tackle day one, practice one. But it was good. They threw me in the deep end as well. So looking forward to that. Well, let's get the show started with something I'm looking forward to as well. The NBA is going to test in-game flopping penalties at Summer League. One, I'm going to Vegas this summer, and I'm probably going to stop by Summer League. Now, 
because I want to see how they're going to implement this flopping penalty right now. So all floppers, if you have never seen The Lion King, be prepared because y'all about to get caught slipping. So a flop, which will be determined by the referees at the game, will be penalized by awarding the opposing team one free throw and possession of the ball. Well, that's big. The player who commits the flop will be assessed an unsportsmanlike technical foul, which won't count toward personal fouls or lead to an ejection. Officials won't be required to stop live play to call a flopping violation. Now, that's a caveat right there. They ain't even got to stop the game to get your butt. That's gangster right there. So in 2012, let's go back with a little history lesson. NBA implemented an anti-flopping rule that resulted in a warning and then an increasing amount of fines for every subsequent violation. Y'all remember that? I kind of do. However, there was no in-game penalty, and the rule has rarely been enforced since its implementation a decade ago. So according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, I'm clowning, the NBA defined flop in 2012 as an attempt to either fool referees into calling undeserved fouls or fool fans into thinking the referees missed a foul call by exaggerating the effect of contact with an opposing player. That's amazing that they actually put that in there in the definition, trying to fool fans. Like, I don't think that's like the way you're supposed to have a pure definition of something, trying to fool the fans. All right, so the NBA's Board of Governors will meet later this month to vote on any rule changes for the upcoming 2023-2024 season. All right, let's just start right here. Do y'all think this is a good proposal idea for the game? And will it reduce flopping in the NBA? To me, I love it. Why? Because I don't like our games being altered, all favored, when somebody is just a better flopper than another player, another team. Like a game that's highly contested, right? Going back and forth, the best actor it's going to be the determining factor in them winning that game, not the best team or the best player players. I don't like that at all, even though I am not so irritated with flopping. This is one of those rules like when they implement it, I'm like, thank you, been waiting. But if you don't implement it, I'm not losing my mind waiting on you guys to implement it. One of those. So I guess I'm a little lukewarm in terms of I don't really care. But once I know that you are actually trying to do it, I'm in full support. What are y'all thinking out there? Y'all like this flop rule? Y'all think it's going to do something different? Or do you think the implementation is going to be, ah, whatever. Y'all tried it in 2012. It didn't work then. It ain't going to work now. Or do y'all even give a damn about flopping? Let's have some fun in those comments. Thanks. Big heartfelt one. Boom, 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 boom. Look at that thing moving for you guys and all the support. Brinks, Reach, YouTube, Wally's World members, Marcellus Wally, never shut up. This book is going to be yours if you're a Wally World member and you're the lucky member. So let's check that out on Friday Swag Away. And right now, let's check out Doc Rivers. Oh, excuse me. Let's see what we going to say about Doc, right? Oh, man, I love that dude. I love that he's so comfortable with that bad voice. Like, every time I got a tadpole, let alone a frog, I'm a whole different dude. Like, I'm self-conscious as hell. You could ask Courtney all day. I'm spraying this stuff in my nose. I'm like, ah, ah. This is a really good thing right here. There's some free advertising right now. Anybody got sore throats and issues like me, vocal cord problems, entertainer secret. But Doc Rivers, no matter how much of that he's spraying his nose, it ain't going to help him how he sounds. But we may be hearing him talk a lot more as he may replace Jeff Van Gundy on ESPN. <gasps> so one of the most surprising casualties of ESPN's recent layoffs may have been Jeff Van Gundy. Um, let me take the May off it. <laughs> when they said Jeff Van Gundy, I swear, I saw everybody's name. I think it was Keyshawn first and then Max and then I was like, I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, I kind of saw that, kind of saw that. Je I, I looked, I said, Jeff Van Gundy? What is going on there? I literally hit refresh and the same names popped up again. I was like, kaboom. We know who he is. He was a staple of the network's NBA coverage since 2007. Former Knicks, Houston Rockets coach, tough act to follow. Kind of in that Shannon Sharp, like impossible act to follow, but somebody going to do it, right? So there's an enormous void left in his wake. So given this cost-cutting mandate, ESPN is likely to stay in-house, 
by promoting, they say, J.J. Reddit. I would like that. Kane Lye would like that. Or Doris Burke. Oh, Doris Burke be killing them games. She's so smart. Like, her voice just, first of all, it relaxes me. Like, every time she talks, well, you know the way that, I was like, oh, yeah, say it. And then she be dropping jewels. Love that as well. But can't lie, neither one of them I thought should replace Van Gundy. Like literally Van Gundy should still be there and then get them the B team or whatever. So if Disney were to hire from the outside, hmm, one potential candidate is going to be Doc Rivers. So Rivers was fired by the 76ers after blowing another 3-2 series lead to Boston in this year's playoffs. I think he got the NBA record for head coaches of losing series. He was up and all kind of bad records like that. But he's still Doc Rivers and still a championship head coach. Put some respect on his name. So he can wait for another coaching vacancy to open up. Though others suspect he'll pursue whatever broadcasting opportunities are available. It was almost 20 years ago. I don't know if all y'all remember this, but Doc Rivers had success as a color analyst. No, I didn't mean colored analyst. <laughs> they, need, they need to change that one. They talk about master bedroom, and they all, every time you go now on a house tour, oh, that's not the master bedroom, right? So, all right, well, well, let's get rid of color analyst, damn it. I'm clowning. So he was on ABC in 2004, calling that year's finals alongside play-by-play veteran Al Michaels. Damn, that was a while back. And if Rivers is keen on returning to the booth, who better to pair him with than Hall of Famer Mike Breen, who is that dude? Well, the New York Post also says that him and Mike Breen are close friends. Uh-oh, that helps. So the chemistry with Breen can't be discounted. That would certainly be an interesting dynamic. Let's just say that. A splash hire as well, like Rivers, might, even though you could say big-time name, big-time knowledge, genius, former champion coach, all that's great. Here's the issue with the optics, maybe. After all that happened on Bloody Friday at ESPN and all that carnage, and ESPN faced some similar backlash after details of Pat McAfee's contract leaked to the media, the Sixers still owe Rivers $16 million after firing him with two years left on his deal. So he's not hurting for money, and is he going to go through this process, and is ESPN going to go through this process of hiring Doc Rivers, who still got money on the book somewhere else, while paying him a handsome price and going to have to deal with whatever PR that is that comes from whatever y'all doing budget cuts and firing everybody, right? And how much more would he make or less than Van Gundy, which could become another PR issue. You know Doc Rivers making less than Van Gundy. What? Why? You know the identity politics going to kick in because he's black. Or they're going to say he's making more than Van Gundy. Where you get the money from? Why y'all fire Van Gundy? So they're... I understand. I hate to say it. There are some other things at play outside of how great Doc Rivers will be in this role. So I know he would kill it. That'd be stop playing Doc Rivers. I actually remember the broadcast from back then. I was like, damn, Doc Rivers, why are you going back to coaching? Like, you're damn good at this. Obviously, you have some choices, but forever losing that voice and forever lost that voice. It's still a voice we want to hear. We want someone of substance, someone who has the gravity to command the empty seat of Jeff Van Gundy, right? But here's the thing. Tell me if y'all like this, if they were all together. Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, and Doc Rivers? For real. Like, be real. It's almost like when you're drawing up a team, you're like, all right, I'm going to go get Mark Jackson. You know who you're not about to pick on that team the next round? You're not going to go get... Doc Rivers, they redundant. <laughs> like, like two guards that's going to be talking about the game the same way. I don't know if that even matters because I can hear them calling the game together. But in construction, what I'm trying to say is, are the execs going to push something through where it's like those two guys are kind of part of the same typecast, if I may say that, lack of better words. So who do y'all think should replace Jeff Van Gundy? Let's start there. Do you think Doc Rivers is the best choice? And do you think he's going to kill it? Interesting. I don't want to really hear about it, but I know we're going to talk about it. Do y'all think this is hypocritical of ESPN to say, oh, poor us for 99 cents a day. You can save your favorite analyst. And meanwhile, I'm going to pay Doc Rivers all these millions of dollars, right? And others. So I don't know what Doc Rivers going to do. He got money on the book, 16 million sitting there if he just does this and chills. 
or you can grab a mic, sit next to the G's right there and get some more of them M's. What would you do? Let's check that out in the comments. Much love and support from you guys, Brinks, Reach, YouTube, Wally's World members. Somebody gonna walk away with this book. The book right here, Marcellus Wally, never shut up. The book is for you right there. Now let's talk about what Stephen A. Smith is talking about. He said he could be next, and he said he wasn't happy that Max Kellerman was gone. All right, so he got specific on the ESPN layoffs on the Stephen A. Smith show, stating he was not among those who assumed his job was safe. He said, this ain't the end. More is coming. Talking about the layoffs. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I could be next. Let me tell you all something. Don't ever, ever, ever in your life as a black person take anything for granted. I told you before, when white folks catch a cold, black folks catch pneumonia. The one thing I could tell you about Stephen A, this ain't 2009. I really didn't see it coming. My eyes are always wide open now. Hmm, I'm never comfortable. I never take anything for granted, and I never assume that I'm safe. Okay, he said a whole lot right there. And y'all know I wanted to stop down a couple times about what he talking about right here. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to get it all out, and then we're going to talk. So Smith went on to blame the layoffs on COVID-19 and the revenue lost by Disney having to close its theme parks at the height of the pandemic. Makes ton of sense, right? Right? According to Smith, it's a numbers game. Unlike in 2009, when he was fired by ESPN and not laid off, they were let go because of cuts. I was fired, he said. And when I was fired, I was down there blackballed because the message was sent. This is not somebody you want to work with. I didn't know if I'd ever have a career again. All facts, all true. All right, so he also got some unjust, let me say it again, unjust criticism on social media from y'all over the weekend for his big salary at ESPN and the latest wave of layoffs. He makes 12 million a year and his contract expires in 2025. He's like, let me address something to some of the haters out there about me. Y'all can kiss my ass twice. <laughs> and I'm talking directly to the people in the industry who sat up there and said, why isn't Stephen A gone? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a few people at ESPN getting paid more than me. They don't have a number one show. They don't have top ratings. They don't generate more revenue. And by the way, none of them are black. How come you didn't bring their names up? I wonder why. I'm talking to those folks, the critics and media, or the wannabe media with the blogosphere and the websites. Damn, I could stop down here again, but let's get through it. So he also promoted a clip talking about Max Kellerman. And because everybody was saying, why didn't you mention Max when you were talking about everybody who left? And that you were going to miss and giving them all the props noticeably absent noticeably absent was max kellerman but then he addressed it right he said i'm even going to miss max kellerman i know y'all thought i wouldn't i'm not happy that he's gone we all know what history we had we all know what happened with he and i parting ways on first take i don't want the brother unemployed i want him gainfully employed i want him having a job and a career and that brother knows his boxing inside and out He's smart as a whip and has been around a long time. I wish him no ill will. And matter of fact, although I sincerely doubt he ever will, if he ever called me needing my help, I would not hesitate to help him. Okay, let's talk now. Boy, I wanted to stop down 18,000 times, but I was like, let me let Stephen A go. Because when I talk about people I know and I love, and people always say, damn, how you get away with it, Wiley? Or you always do it. And it doesn't seem like you got beef like that. It's because I'm talking about the act, not the actor. I don't talk about the person, right? I'm talking about the action. So with that said, let's talk about these acts right here. Um, I'm not a fan of identity politics. Never have been, never will be, never see the positive of it. So when I see Stephen A. Smith start off the conversation talking about, hey, a black person shouldn't take anything for granted. Last time I checked, no person should take anything for granted. Because last time I checked, more white people got <laughs> released, fired, not rehired than black people in this latest round of ESPN layoffs. So right then already, you're on uneven ground when you're going there. I don't like that lean, like brothers got to stay paranoid. I think that's a victim mentality. I think that's a slave mindset. Why? Because you always got to be paranoid more so than anybody else because you're black. 
Well, what do they say? What a man think of, so is he. If you're thinking like that, then damn it, that may be your reality because that's all you're going to do is pick out those moments. It's called selective perception. One of the psychological terms that I studied and learned about in my studies of psychology and sociology. Do not become a victim of that. Do not think that this world gives a damn so much about you that everything negative is intended just for you. Oh, trust me, negativity is spread around. Another thing that's interesting about this is that talking about this globally, this is a classic case of the ends justify the means because his show is number one, right? And so moving off of Max Kellerman, it worked. It was actually the smart play, right? But it's the difference. I want people to catch this. When you're in a football game and you fumble, I used to play running back, you fumble the ball and y'all win the game, people forget about that fumbling a little bit, right? Or you fumble the ball and y'all lose the game. They never forget about that fumble. But to the running back, it's the same fumble. But the consequences, the results is what changes and colors how we think about the same exact thing. You guys got to dive deeper into those type of perceptions and separate them from realities. Another point that was interesting is that um, we're talking at the end when he was saying a lot of people make more money than Stephen A. Smith. And I think those names are Troy Aikman, uh, Joe Buck, and Pat McAfee now, right? Um, and it's not fair for critics to point at money cats, including Stephen A. Y'all wrong for that. They got to invest in their future if you're Disney and ESPN. That's just the way the game goes, right? But it's also not fair for Stephen A. Smith to point out that they're white because just a few months ago, <laughs> let's go, not even a year ago, who was the highest paid employee at ESPN? ESPN's own Stephen A. Smith, who last time I checked, was black. Now, why does that matter? Because according to him, ESPN was coming out their most uncertain times in recent history after COVID-19, after shutting down theme park after theme park. And in that moment, who's making the most money is a black man. Do y'all see how this goes? Let's get out of the identity politics. They supported ESPN to be the top dog. And just in the last year, 12 months, did he get surpassed? But if he re-ups in 2025, <laughs> I would just take a bet that Stephen A. Smith will be number one again. So what do you guys think about all of this? Do you think ESPN would really consider ever letting go of Stephen A. Smith? I'm not talking about the whole, like, anything's possible. I'm talking about for real. Would they let him go? And do you also think he was genuine about him and Max? The only thing that made me say, hmm, is he like, yo, if he really needs my help, I'm here. <laughs> oh, man, if I got home, look, if you don't come to me, somehow, do you need my help versus I got to come to you needing your help? That always made me wonder, like, dog, how much you really want to help me? Interesting to see what we're going to talk about in these comments on this story later. But love to both of them guys, all them people over there. Uh, but make sure, let's talk about the act, not the actor. Boom, 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 pounds for you guys. Nothing but love for you. For all the support, man, brings reach, YouTube, Wilded World. Friday Swagger Way winner right here. Praise and testaments to Marcellus, never shutting up. Well, what am I talking about? A Friday Swagger Way Wiley's World member will know and will win it on Friday. Now, let's get into some funking up some comments. Funk up some comments. Funk up some comments. Yeah. Funk up some comments. Let's start off with Bomani Jones and his show being canceled. We got J. Buck who says, I'm a big Bomani fan. They advertise the hell out of this show. The issues I have is I don't like Bomani scripted. His personality don't translate. It's weird. I can't put my hands on it. Ah, interesting. I know what you're talking about there, but let's get to at Polo 48, who says the problem is that people simply don't like him. You have to be relatable and he ain't. Okay. I don't agree with Polo 48. Uh, I think he's relatable. He's had three, four, five shows, and they all don't go away day one. This one made it two seasons in a different genre, subgenre, than what he's typically known for as a sports guy. He went over to the HBO, which is a different animal. Let's just say that. Um, but I hear you, Jay Dot Buck. 
He is better when he's off the cut. You don't want to know why, but Monty strikes me and knowing him, um, that brain goes everywhere. And the fun is in that journey, right? But when you're scripted, it's about timing. It's about faking your comfort level. It's about staying within tighter borders. And some people just not built for that. Some people are. You know who's amazing on prompter? Um, just like reading it naturally, Michelle Beadle. You know who else is? Emmanuel Acho. Acho, woo, he'll seduce a prompter. <laughs> he'll light that thing up. Hey, how you doing? All that. And that ain't Bamani. So I get where you guys are coming from. All right, Dan Patrick, ESPN anchor job difficult, he says. All right, we got Apazaz who says Sports Center is over. It's all about personalities that can captivate your attention when they talk about sports. Then we got the coin garage, hilarious. There are so many platforms out there now. When I watch Sports Center, just not interested anymore. I believe there is no future for them, not to mention it costs money to watch ESPN. Ooh, I can now watch better shows with better content for free. ESPN, rest in peace with the prayer hands right there. You know what? If I had to place a bet, I'm placing a bet that ESPN Sports Center is certainly on the decline. Dead, ah, they can reinvent their style. They can reinvent their borders, their platform somehow, some way. So it's not dead. We still need a hub of like all of these, all of these feats, all of these endeavors, all of these athletes, all of these games to kind of aggregate. We still need that on ESPN. It can't just be the daily shows because the daily shows, they like to slice stuff up. Where are you going to get the big meat of like who won Wimbledon? You ain't going to get it on first take. And if you do, you're going to get a conversation about the person who won it more than the whole journey of Wimbledon in two minutes. Right. So I think it still has a heartbeat, faint heartbeat. I hear where you guys are and what you're saying. Last one is Dan Lebertard. ESPN muzzling was too much. Never too much. Never too, too, too. Ding, ding. You can DJ the hell out of that song. All right, we got my man at or him or George Jim. He says, yeah, I was a big fan of Dan, but he started talking lots of non-sports subjects that I didn't want to listen to from a sports show. He's one of the many reasons I stopped watching ESPN about five years ago. Interesting. And then here's from at Will James Jr. You know little Bill James Jr. <laughs> that boy from Shreveport. You know Bill James Jr. He said, I worked for Disney for about eight years, and Marcellus, my velvet coffin analogy is spot on. LOL. Why you laugh? So much so that one of my former producers at Disney bragged about the oppression associated with her hiring us as being golden handcuffs. She even go as far as gift a new employee a bottle of prisoner wine to welcome them to the company and emphasize how she felt about us. True story. Damn. I commend Dan's courage, integrity, and transparent honesty. I was let go in part because I chose to ignore the handcuffs and spoke honestly about inappropriate, unsafe, unjust, and even illegal things going on at my division of Disney. Whoa. The mouse didn't like that, and now I'm at home leaving YouTube comments. Ha <laughs> ha. Laughing emojis. Shrugs. Great content, Marcellus. All right. I don't know who that is that I used to work with that I don't know that I work with. But respect to you guys. Um, he said Dan got off, off center in terms of talking sports as the epicenter. Um, and then, then also said that turned him off and that's not something you're supposed to do. Um, it's kind of hard. Let me tell you the, the real rub of why you're seeing in part politics in sports. It's because at first we were talking about the games and the players. And then we made stars of the people talking about the games and the players. While making them stars, people got real curious, hella curious, interested, invested, and wanted more to know about who the media personality was. And some guys went overboard, of course. <laughs> like, here I am. But basically, you became a personality, so people wanted to know who you were beyond the persona. And that's where guys went. Now, the politics came because cats were going deeper into themselves and talking about things that were more meaningful for them. However, I didn't like it at all as well. But it's hard to talk about a topic and then say what you really feel about it without someone labeling it liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, sellout, down for the culture, you know? Like, people do that, and you're just like, nah, I just disagree with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, 
and I hear all of what you're saying. All right, now let's get into our Wally's World membership right now. Let's bring on Cobra because Cobra is here to try to get his crown back because Adrian took his crown and he know damn well what I'm talking about. Adrian got them bomb questions. What's up, Cobra? Let's talk it, bro. Good luck. <laughs> it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Shouldn't have left you. Without a dope you. beat to step two. Step, step two. two. Step, step two. two. Step, 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 step. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Let's oh. go. All right. So, again, I have one serious one and one fun one. So, right. starting with the serious one, you were talking about talking about the act versus the action, right? Or the actor, sorry. Talking about the act versus the Both. actor. So, mm -hmm. yesterday, I finally got done with grilling and eating, and now I'm chilling. I'm sitting there. I put on some Never Shut Up University, sitting there kicking back, and I'm listening. I'm like, oh, you know, another banger, another good show. And then I see I get called out for asking boo-boo questions. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, hold on. So wait a minute. Oh, luckily I'm not emotional or sensitive, but then I thought about what you just said. And oh, you're talking about the action. You're talking about my boo-boo questions. You're not talking about the actor. You're not calling me boo-boo, right? But that leads into my first question. You know a lot of celebrities and athletes, obviously. And even if you talk about the act, has someone, a friend of yours, hit you up and like, man, why'd you say that? You know, why, why'd you have to bring that up? I know I did. And you know, you're embarrassed about doing something silly. But has someone ever talked to you, reached out to you, like, man, why you do that to me? Countless times. The best question. Cobra's back. King Cobra. He back in the building. That was a sick question. It took the whole show to do it and set it up, but it was amazing. Now nah, I mess with you. Um, I love that question, dog. It just happened to me last last trip I took to the airport. I don't want to say his name because I think it did affect him more than me because none of this affects me, but um, I'm going on the airplane and somebody's like Marcellus and I look and I'm like star like superstar right there. Hey, and he was like, check your DMS. And I was like, what? And he's like, check your DMS. He had left me a message a month or two ago about something I said that he didn't like. And basically, it was like, that's how people get their careers in trouble or jeopardized because of what I said and what I pointed out. And I said, respect to him, right? Um, I've gotten phone calls a lot, texts. Um, Dame Lillard's one I do talk about because it's, it's giving him big props. He didn't like what I said on the air, but he wasn't so mad. He said, look, I respect you so much that I want to have a relationship with you and be cool with you. Even if you disagree with me or go at me, he's like, I ain't even tripping on that. I love that from him. Um, I've lost, let me give you one real one. I lost one friend and then one guy is just not going to be the homie anymore because of this. He was just in his feelings. But one friend questioned me and wasn't really questioning me, start questioning like, more than me, like my family and some of the stuff that was going on around me and my wife and was she supporting when people were going at this person. Basically, this person got caught up in social media, got mad that everybody was going at him. My, my wife, her own person, went and liked the post and was over there like saying, yeah, I agree, I hear you or whatever. And then he wanted to come to me about her. I said, dog, you want her number? <laughs> one, don't come to a husband about his wife. You ain't gonna ever win that one, but two, why you ain't talking to her? What do we, I ain't do none of this. And three, now I think you sucker for doing that, right? So that's the only one. But I don't care if I, if I lose a friend from the way that I talk, my perspective, my truth, if the truth, because I don't come at cats. So if I lose you, guess what? Because <sighs> we ain't really friends and we can't go through this because I never come at a dude like that. Show me. So all love. Now let's get to the fun one. <laughs> Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. So with the fun one, um, I was in Nashville and I was just the weather. It was humid. I'm like, man, you know, I've played in like Louisiana and things like that. I'm thinking like, I wonder what these uh, Tennessee Titans feel like when they play. Right. Um, the best stadium I ever played in was we were the first team to play where Lumen Field, where the Seahawks play. And it's mm. not just it being beautiful, but the thing was we were winning and a linebacker named Will Dirty, he picked off a ball. 103-yard interception return for a touchdown, right? And yes. the crazy part was, as he's running, you just hear it amplify. It's, it just gets louder and louder and louder and deafening. I'll never forget that, right? 
So I was thinking, like, I wonder what the best stadium you've ever played in and what's the worst. And it could be for whatever reason, the weather, the facility, the fans, the best and the worst. Oh, I got the worst and I got the best. The worst is a simple story. It was the old Oakland Coliseum where the Raiders used to play. Now y'all know why they went to Vegas, right? Dog. Not only if you played them early in the year, it was still a baseball stadium, so you running past the 30-yard line, I mean the third base, and it's dirt. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is this? High school-level dirt. More than that, when you went into the locker room, you literally had to duck down to get in because it was just made too low. Like, I'm like, come on, dog. Like, we, what? I ain't have to duck down in my high school locker room and I'm in the pros ducking down like this. It was all dark and nasty. Like it felt like rain was dripping and it wasn't raining. I was like, man, this is a bad place. Now the best is a good story. The loudest stadium in the NFL for me was the Kansas City's Arrowhead Stadium, right? The Chiefs, man, we're playing the Chiefs. I don't know if this is 98, 99, somewhere around then. And they had Tamrick Vanover. Y'all don't know who Tamrick Vanover is. Google him. Dude was a beast. Went to Florida State or something like, oh, like all that. Oh, man, beast. And they also had Andre Risen. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Like, all right, so two things happen. Um, I don't know if it's the same game because I've been hitting the head a lot. But basically, one moment was Andre Risen scored against us. So I'm on defense. I'm doing this. (sighs) Okay, okay. And then he scored. And then I'm like kind of huffing and puffing, deflated, so you're looking down. And then I hear literally, then, 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 then. And I'm looking around like they playing Spider-Man. And I look at the goalpost. This sucker here was stuck on the goalpost like this and then hit another one. And they playing that music. And it's the loudest stadium already. I was like, uh-huh. he deserved them points. Give him his six points. That was sick. But that ain't the best one. This the best one. So we're up in the game playing the Chiefs. And I, Vanover ran a kickback. So I think we went in the whole game, something like that. It felt that way. So the crowd's kind of quiet, kind of like biting their nails. We kicked the ball off to Vanover, who was a specialist. Took it like your boy, 103 yards to the crib. Touchdown. And literally, it was so loud because they couldn't believe that they were actually going to win the game or whatever, that you, we saw sound waves like, you start looking, and you can see sound waves. Y'all think I'm lying. I'm not lying. To the point where the medical staff, our trainers, start walking around handing out aspirin. And then Cass was like, why? You know, like, why? What do we need aspirin for? And he was like, because y'all all going to get headaches. This decibel level is too damn loud for y'all little baby human ears. I was like, what? And I ain't lying, bro. I ain't lying. My ears was ringing like I sat right next to the speaker at the concert. It was like insane. So for me, it's Arrowhead Stadium, bro. Hey, thanks so much for the insight. Keep doing what you're doing, involving the community. We love it and appreciate you, man. Just don't forget Cobra. I appreciate you, Cobra. That's love, big dog. I love me some Cobra. He's going to have to send in um, some video clips when we get that dude's dudes going. I got to see little man out there. I'm going to break him down with my little laser. Boy, I can't wait to do that show. Right here. It's going to be right here. See that screen? I'm going to have your little baby up there hitting him with that laser, trying to teach him how the game goes. Because I tell every kid, doesn't matter how good you are, it's how well you play. And I can help you play well. I can't help you be good. That's on your mama and daddy. All right, let's get it to Mikey P. Mikey P, come on the show. Let's do what we do, bro. What it do, Mikey P? Hey, how was your holiday? Oh, man, I got fat and full. My, my cousin Quee made some taco dip. I know random, but it was too damn good. I smoked three plates. I had five links. I had a whole rack of ribs. Fat and full and hydrated, man. What about Yeesh. you, brother? Can't say I didn't do anything much differently. Stuffed my face. <laughs> Hydration situation with the family. And yes. uh, went to the boardwalk, man. It was a great night, so... But listen, this one hits a little close to home for us because of what we do in this industry, okay? So Shams Tarania shared how much he looks at his phone every day. This is some crazy Mm. stuff. But real quick before we get into it, I want to ask you how many hours a day you think he spends on his phone for work? 
Oh, 24 hours in a day, I got to say he sleeps <laughs> and is just away six. I would say he's already down to less than 18 if he's a normal person with a normal life, who I know he is. Um, let's say even if he's working gangster, 15. You were close, all right? So Shams revealed that on average he's on his phone 16 to 17 hours a day, okay? Oh, During no. free agency week. <laughs> it's crazier. During free agency week, he showed like his stats. Okay, the old uh, the the iPhone could show you this. So yeah, yeah. His screen, screen time. time went up to 19 hours a day during free agency. Does this seem rather high? And the follow up to that is, how much time do you think you spend on your phone every day? Because I know that you oh. and I we're we're on our phones all the time. So. Hell yeah. Um, look, it doesn't seem hella hot. 19 of the 24 hours in a day are on the phone. Hell yeah, that's high, but that's how he eats. Um, I just saw Shams um, a couple weeks ago or so. He went to my son's and his friend, who is Jesse Buss, one of the Lakers owner, who is my coach on my team as well, and his son, Lil' Jaden. We're all in this um, together, and uh, Shams show up. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. They only seven years old. Like, what you about to report right here, man? But it was funny. He wasn't on his phone. At least he watched the game. He watched our little boys go out there and ball. And little little Bus, you could tell his daddy plays some ball, and his daddy is a, involved with basketball. Little Jaden is a beast. MJ is a baller, but Jaden got that thing in him. Like, yo, this is what I do, homie. So it was fun to see Shams um, just be a normal human, I guess, for like an hour or so. Uh, but <laughs> it is way too high, man. But I... I I know Adam Schefter. Um, you know, I know Woes not as well as I've seen and, and seen Adam. Them cats really be on it. Adam, every show, is on his phone during the show and during the break. <laughs> like, he don't, like, the show is secondary. Ah, my phone is how I eat, and this is how I do it. So, yeah, I think it's high, even though he got to do it. So, what about you, though? How many hours you log in a day? Man, I don't even want to look, because every time I get, I get called out like this, I lie and say something really low to sound like I'm smart and always in tune with my family and present. And then I look, I'll be like, God dang, <laughs> stay off the gram. Especially that site, uh, it's called Curly something, Curly Heads. Whoa, man, I don't know what they doing over there. I don't know where these people live. Hey, girls, where y'all at? I'll just die like, I don't even hit like. i just be scrolling slow as hell. I'll be like, whoa, that was, ooh, that's a lot. Uh, let me see. Let's see. Screen time. I'm going to give it to you because I, I hate yeah, Might lying. as well look up the stats, right? Let's just oh, check it I out. Oh, I ain't nobody, man. Seven hours and 27 minutes. I ain't doing nothing. And half of that is just me ordering DoorDash. So let me stop. <laughs> 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 Fat boy. <laughs> what is yours? What's your number? It's, it's, it's the damn ketchup tacos. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, Mikey. I am not. You stupid. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. I hate you, too. Why are you mad at my ketchup? Mikey, I ain't going to lie. I just lied to you. I said seven hours and something, right? And it literally that fast. Oh, you can't see it. That's like yeah, a say, hey. mad glare. Yeah, mad glare. Oh, no, wait a minute. It went down to five. I don't know what I'm doing right now. It went to ooh, one day. I got 10 hours. Then it said five hours. Then it say eight hours. Then it say 11 Oh, I'm doing too much. Let me get out this conversation because I already said too yeah, much of them curly, them curly sites. <laughs> yeah, let's just say all day, all right? Now, all day. All here's day. what we'll wrap up with. We got more Warriors fallout after getting rid of Jordan Poole, okay? Clay Thompson mm. reportedly had problems with him. He's not the only one, as you've heard, I'm sure. So he took issue with Poole's seemingly infinite green light, meaning he shoots the ball way too much and he don't pass it nearly enough, all right? So it looks like he didn't have many allies in the building besides Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney and was pretty isolated. So question for you is this. Do you think getting rid of Jordan Poole is addition by subtraction for the Golden State Warriors? And do you think he'll be successful on the Wizards? Well, it's interesting addition by subtraction, except they got an addition in Chris Paul, but I get the point. I get the question. Um, Look, once you say Clay Thompson got a problem with you, knowing Clay Thompson and just the perception that people have of Clay Thompson, let me know this is a Jordan Poole problem. <laughs> this is Jordan Poole, you are <laughs> the issue. 
no doubt. Like, I will blindly, without knowing the details of this one, Clay too chill, dog. Clay too cool. Clay just, Clay there to ball and just chill and, and enjoy what comes from balling. Like, anything else? Mm, I'm looking at you like, okay, wh- what's wrong with you, Jordan Poole, on top of the Draymond situation? You can't count Steph because he's the ultimate ambassador and leader. He never going to step in it. Uh, but everybody else would. And I don't even think having Wiggins and Looney as your allies helps you. Because Wiggins is just like, whatever. And, and then Looney is right there because he's like, damn, I'm still here and getting loved. Right. And, you know, whatever. Right. So he doesn't have a strong personality ally that shows me, oh. And I'm not talking about Jordan Poole the person because I don't know the person. I never met. Oh, I actually did. He must have won a Wooden Award or something like that. Or was it a finalist? I met him then. Um, little baller. The thing is, you can see in his interviews that he kind of, he like, he like dancing on the sidelines. Like he may cross the line, habitual line stepper, come back a little bit. And then if you playing with a dude like that, who going to gun it too? And you like, I'm a splash brother and you gunned it more than me. I don't give a damn if I'm coming off an injury, bro. Something wrong with you. So I can see that it's a Jordan Poole issue. Yeah. Safe to say, if you don't have Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, or Steph in your corner, which is what it sounds like, the other two might not come out with it. But if you don't have them in your corner, you're cut. That's it. <laughs> cut, trade it. So, Chris Paul, come in here and, and let's do more. And now it's time for you to cut me out. So, Oh, yeah. You got to go with that old-ass <laughs> Super Bowl. What is that? One of them, them Goodwill yeah, this, shirts? This, what year is that Super This is Bowl? not the official one. It's getting oh, crusty, though. I'll tell you that. It, it's, it's been a little too long now. So, no, but, no big deal. My- we only waited like 60, 70 years before that, but. Oh, well, like uh, you waited all them years. I hate when people say that. <laughs> Fake-ass fan. Like, oh, we waited 60. Boy, you ter- you 38 years old. Talk about you waited 67 years. You ain't waited no time. 38? And Damn. You, you leveled me up a lot there. <laughs> you older than that? No. Come on, man. Oh. I turned 32, 32 in like a month. But damn. Don't speed it up you- for me. It's already going too fast. You need to woo side. You got to relax, bro. You look old as hell. Let me stop playing with you. <laughs> I'll mess with you, Mikey P, a little bit. A little bit. Two kids, it's man. A yeah, that's right, Court. Two kids. You camera, know how it is. Man. I appreciate you, Mikey P. Oh, man. What is that yes, Super Bowl? That, I, I forgot my Roman, Roman numerals, but not all of them. That's 52, I guess. L, L2. Yeah. Damn. He's still repping, though. He got that. (laughs) He is a fan of Philly sports, and I got to salute him for it. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we end every show. We end it with a Wiley-ism. Ah, y'all ready for this? Work in as much as you work out. Think about that. Work in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As much as you work out. Oh, when that mental health wave came. Felt like a wave because we always were talking about it, but on different degrees. Then all of a sudden, everything was mental health. And I was like, I was feeling like one of them superheroes. Like, uh-uh, uh-uh, stop this wave. Why? Because nobody is working in as much as they working out. And then they mad at what's on the inside. Dog, this whole psyche mindset, this brain activity, it's like a muscle. You got to work it out. You got to do the right things. You got to eat right physically or you got to think right and put yourself in the right situations and positive energies and make sure you do your work and resources mentally or else you're going to be out of shape mentally. You're going to be fatigued mentally. You're going to be in bad condition mentally. I swear I look at it just that way. With my family, my kids, three-year-old, four-year-old, yes, I walk around the house when my kids are upset. I say it's a choice. You can waste your time right now and pout it out or you can get to doing what you're supposed to do because what you're supposed to do in this house and every house, I would say, is do what you need to do so you can do what you want to do. Right. And I tell these kids every day. I tell myself that every day. You need to tell yourself that every day. Do what you need to do. And you know what you need to do mentally. You can't feed your mind all this BS, social media, clicking everybody, looking at everybody life imagining it was yours, envious of everything, all out your lane all day, every day, and then come back and feel that you're going to be mentally healthy. Oh, no, you're going to stain your brain. And once you stain your brain, you may misconstrue it for something else other than 
you're not feeding it the proper information. So for everybody out there, you know how we do. We're here to learn or unlearn. And a lot of us learned a lot of BS. So let's now flex as much as we do physically, mentally. Work in as much as you work out. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, this is Justin Richmond, host of the Broken Record Podcast. Join me along with co-host Leah Rose as we sit down with the artists you love to get unparalleled creative insight. You'll hear revealing interviews with some of the most legendary figures in music like Paul Simon, Usher, Pete Townsend, Damon Albarn of the Gorillaz, and Missy Elliott. And you'll hear from up-and-comers like jazz artist Leve, who told me about her fast rise to fame during the pandemic. Listen to Broken Record on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, son, time to put out this campfire. Dad, we learned about this in school. Oh, did you now? Okay, what's first? Smokey Bear said to. First drown it with a bucket of water, then stir it with a shovel. Wow, you sound just like him. Then he said. If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.